This is Miller's Edge on Tide The Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is The Miller's Edge. My man Darius Rucker here on a Talking Tuesday. Little wagon wheel. We're ready to rock you for the next about 56 minutes or so. Right here on the Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I'm Craig Miller, pastor, paying alongside Christian Miller and Justin Jones on a Talking Tuesday. We got a great show lined up. Your calls 205-342-9904. That's the number for you to call in. We'll hear from Jimbo Fisher. He talked about taking on the Tide and his team, the Texas A&M Aggies. We'll get into the breakdown on today. Plus, our favorite guy, Stephen M. Smith. Touchdown Magazine, Alabama, the Bama Standard. In his own words, he will join us as he normally does every single week. Get his thoughts on this Alabama Crimson Tide team and the matchup against the Aggies. We call it Talking Tuesday because everybody's talking about this upcoming game as Alabama heads up to Texas to try to get the pride back, try to get that street cred back. They lost to the Longhorns. Now, can they redeem themselves against the Aggies? Guys, happy Tuesday to you. Hope you're doing well. Doing well. If I could just get my throat cleared, man, I went, <laughs> I went running earlier and I don't know, man. This really got my sinuses acting up, but Doing well, and uh, yeah, no, you're right. Definitely talking Tuesday for sure. I, I, I'm hearing a lot of talk and uh, just trying to figure everything out, I guess. You know, and, and I know you you mentioned this a little bit. I think you tweeted something about it, but look, I, and I know I'm jumping right into this, but I, I just I have to figure this out. A&M is, is a really good football team. I respect them. They, they obviously have a lot of talent. They've done a phenomenal job in recruiting. They've got all the players, right? They didn't live up to it really last year. <clears throat> but, you know, they're, they're playing decent right now. They, you know, fell to Miami early on, but since then, uh, they've looked really good. But I, I'm just, this is my question for today, and I, I'd, I'd be glad to take calls and, and get everybody's thoughts on this. Are we making too much of this game, right? And the only reason I said that, I know it's an important game. Every week is important, really, especially the SEC. I'm not downplaying it, but 
are we almost overhyping this matchup, almost making it more than it needs to be? And the reason I say that is not necessarily like it doesn't matter, but I'm saying like, are we almost putting it in, in the air that this is going to be a tough game? And then it's going, you know, does that make sense? <clears throat> and maybe I'm yeah. just one of those people. I just, I, I like speaking positively. I like, you know, you know, just keep keep being confident. Some reason I just don't like the the concerning nature, the concerning tone I hear from everybody about this game. Like everybody's so worried, and I just can't necessarily. I mean, again, they're a really good football team. I know it's a tough place to play. I'm not I'm not downplaying it, but I'm also not going to sit here and hype it up as if we're playing. I, I, I mean, I would even I would use Georgia, but I don't even. I'll be honest. I, the way that Georgia's looked, I don't even necessarily think I would be too alarmed in that matchup right now, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, so I don't even know who, what team to put it. You, you get what I'm saying, though? Like, like nah, I'm not. this sounds crazy, but it's like A&M's not even ranked. And, I'm not, and that's not a shot at them, or that's not saying they're not good. But it just doesn't line up with the way this game is being talked about. I guess that's all I'm wondering. So I'm just trying to figure out. And I know it's going to be a tough game. I know they're a good football team, but to me, it just sounds like from what I've heard and just just so far, it's only Tuesday. It's like, uh oh, Alabama's got to play A and M. Like, like A and M is like the big bad team in the SEC right now. <laughs> I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, let me let me clear my throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, okay. I, let me actually clear my throat because <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah, need to so go ahead. It up. But anyway, uh, listen. I, I tweeted this yesterday because, again, you know, I, I, you know, when I'm hanging in my old suburban, I like it's my office. I listen to talk radio, as I said yesterday, and people are concerned, and I get the concern because two years ago they shocked Alabama, right uh, at Cowfield, and they came back a year later to Alabama. Matter of fact, one Jalen Miro was the starter in the game last season because Bryce Young was hurt. Um, Alabama won the game. Texas A&M had a chance uh, driving at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, but Alabama still won. won. If you win by 120, it doesn't matter when to say win. They don't say how it's won in the win-loss column. Um, and then you come to this season. Well, it's the struggles of the offense early on, going on the road to South Florida. People still have these you know, losing to Texas at home in the big game, college game day, the build-up, uh, Alabama didn't perform its best. And, and so there is this lingering doubt in the back of fans' minds, and they know how difficult it is to go on the road uh, to play a Jimbo Fisher team that wants to beat Nick Saban. Everybody wants to beat Alabama. Everybody is going to play their best against Alabama. It's just what it is. They're going to get everybody's best, whomever they play. That means they are still the standard because you're getting people's best, right? But here lies the issue that I have. I get all of that. But everybody's telling me about how great Texas A&M defense, how great this, this defensive line is, how great, you know, this team is in general. And I'm like, I saw, uh, I have a visual too. I have a visual of Miami just destroying that defense. I have a visual of Miami who's not, I mean, but they're not a, I mean, come on. It's Miami. It's not the, it's not the U of O, okay? That put 48. And then I have a visual of them destroying somebody like Louisiana Monroe, 
And then I had a vision, a vision of, of them playing Auburn a couple of weeks, and this was a tight game. Auburn, right? Who's not a good football team. And then uh, a game in which they, uh, you know, they started Max Johnson and, and they, they battled with, with Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas made it closer than it appeared in the fourth quarter. I get all that. But it's not this dominating team, right? So the worry is not so much A&M. The worry still lies with Alabama because I think the fan base still are unsure which team is going to show up. Who are we going to see? Can Jalen Milrow be that guy? Well, we've seen this defensive line of AM. They can stop the run, and they're going to make Jalen Milrow pass, and blah, blah, blah. And, and despite what you talked about, despite being fourth uh, in, in the country right now, you know, people overlooking this stuff with his passer rating and all that because he's only threw 12 passes last week. Um, I've heard people say that, you know, he's holding the ball. He's, he's almost scared to throw the football and all this, and I'm going to get into some of that because I, I want to answer questions. Ryan out there yesterday, uh, and I think I can help him with this. But listen, so that's the concern, right? But here it is. It is a big game, Christian. I will disagree with you on this point. It's a huge game with huge implications. It's a double-down game. It's an SEC game, and it's an SEC West game. And this is why I said the other day, if if Alabama can win this game, I, I would say they win the West. And I think they win the SEC. I, this is how big of a game this is. This is the hardest game left on the schedule because they're going to beat LSU at home. They're going to beat Arkansas at home. They're going to beat Auburn on the road. This is the toughest game they have left. And if you can get this one, you, you, I think you, you, you create separation now going forward. Because you already beat Ole Miss. Now you got AM who had lost. You give them their first loss, right? You, LSU already has a loss. So then they're not looking good. So, and you get them at home. So all these things starts to add up for the Crimson Tide. I get the concern. I understand why you're still worried to a degree, but it's not like you're going to play um, Oregon or, you know, one of these big time Ohio State. This is not that kind of game. Yeah, it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. We understand how it is going on the road in the SEC, but I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not overly sold that this is just a oh boy we better watch out type of game. And here's the thing, you know, we got I, I sent you the article uh, to our group chat. Uh, you got a nice talking smack about his brother who you play with, Christian. How Nick Saban treated him. He he tried to he tried to portray like Nick Saban left the dude out starving and homeless and all this stuff and made these promises because they didn't want him to go to Georgia. Was it Maurice Smith? I believe the guy's player's name was at Alabama that was yeah. here three years and wanted to transfer. And his brother now is at uh, A&M. is a really good player, a receiver, special teams guy. Uh, he's talking smack already. I mean, it's like, oh, Coach Saber left a man out in the cold and nothing to drink or eat. I mean, if you read what, what he had to say. Um, but listen, I like that. I like it because... Give these guys more motivation to go on a row and bust AM in the mouth. I mean, that's what they gotta do. And if they, you know, they gotta go out there and bust them in the mouth, take them out to get the crowd out the game early, and 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 pound them with, with this big offensive line, those backs, 
and control the clock. And that's what you're going to see. And I know uh, one of the calls said yesterday that you know, B was for boring with the offense, and I agree. But I think we're going to see some semi-boring offense if they can control the football and run it. I think they're not going to ask Jalen to, again, whip it. And I don't blame them. But they still got – I'll get into more of that later on. But, you know, they still need to be more innovative and, and draw up some plays to try to catch them in something, hit a couple of shots down the field, that type of thing. It won't be as boring as what we saw in um, Starkville, but it will be a similar, I think, game plan because you don't want to go on the road and, and become one-dimensional and have to throw it all the time. And this defensive line, everybody's talking about that good, creating pressure on the quarterback, which Alabama has, has had problems with and giving up uh, a ton of sacks, you know, probably top five in the country when it comes to the offensive line giving up. So, you know, you want to avoid that. So anyway... Uh, that's why, Christian, I think uh, people are are just kind of a little bit nervous because still the Jalen Miro factor of them not trusting him just yet and the fact mm-hmm. that everybody now has jumped on it. Listen, this world, this this college football world, everybody's knee-jerk reaction, right? It's like you don't get nothing to buy A&M and, and all of a sudden, uh-oh, here comes Bama and then, oh, but they, they're better than what we thought. They're loaded. They're D-line. I mean, did they start looking at these overblown, stupid rankings, which drives me nuts. And I told you, Bill Parcells, well, what was his thing? Stats are for losers. When you start going looking around at stats, that's what losing mentality people do. They go look at stats. Stats tell part of a story, but never tell Dang, the I, entire I story. Just pulled some, I just pulled some up kind of from last year's box score just to kind of get an idea on kind of how that okay. game went. Because yeah, So, so... I'm sorry if I'm a loser, but I'm not looking at it for the whole story. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> part of the story. Back. Right. Well, well I, look, this is what I think is interesting. The guy who started against Texas A&M last season was Jalen Milrow. And so I just was curious, kind of, again, and I covered the game. I called the game, the silent reporter. But I wanted to, to revisit kind of the, the, the numbers of that game just to kind of refresh myself how it went. And, and this is how it went, right? And, and I don't know the number of returners they have. On their defense, I, I feel like their front, for the most part, is pretty close to what it was last season. But this is what, all right, so Jalen Milrow was 12-19 for 111 yards, 5.8 average. He threw for three touchdowns. He had one interception. A quarterback rating, rating was 60.8. This is according to ESPN, by the way. Um, but here's what was impressive. So the defensive front that we speak so highly of for A&M, which rightfully so, they're a really good front. However, you know how many rushing yards Alabama had last season? 286, 286, almost 300 rushing yards. Now, Jameer Gibbs had 154 of those, but Jalen Milrow had 81, Jace McClellan had 32, Rodell had 19. But again, I mean, we really uh, were effective uh, on the ground last season. So if we can carry that over, that'll help us out because you talked about it. I think that's going to be the biggest key is whoever wins line of scrimmage, and that goes for you know establishing the run game and protecting the quarterback. Um, but again, yeah, Jay, I mean, Jalen Milrow, they had three touchdown passes, I'm pretty sure. All right. So, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. We're just looking at those numbers. I mean, again, I know they're a really good team, and I know we were at home, and so now you're on the road. But I just, I don't know. It's interesting. But then looking at some more numbers, which I know you hate, but, you know, it's always fun just to look at it. You know, this is what they've done this season right now. Total defense, they are rated uh, just, oh, they're fifth in total defense right now. Um, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they are up there. Alabama is sitting at 18, and this is nationally, mm-hmm. and total defensive then in terms of rushing defense uh, for this season, A&M is sitting at 20. 
nationally. So, I mean, yeah, they got a good front. They got a good defense. But, again, I, I like what I've been seeing out of Alabama and the progress that they've been making. If they continue to, to make that gradual uh, progress each week, you know, I, I like how this game is going to set up. And, and let me clarify, I'm not by any means saying that this, not, this is not an important game. It's not it, – I'm not saying it's an easy game. I'm just saying I just wish there was – more of a confident tone when when spoken about, right? I just feel like I, the more and more I hear or see things about this game is as if like, oh no, Alabama's got to like. I don't like speaking like that because I'm proud of the product that I've seen in the last couple weeks from Alabama and the progress that they've made. They're by no means perfect, but I feel confident enough from what I've seen the last couple weeks that that they can go get this, you know this job done. Not going to be easy. It's going to be a big challenge. But I'm confident in their ability to do that. But again, I think I think you're you're uh, you know hitting the head, hitting the nail on the head right when you said you know people are still concerned about some things. Whether it's I don't, it's definitely not the defense in my opinion. I think they're more concerned about some things with the offense, which I, which I agree. One of those things would be red zone efficiency. I think we've got we can't settle for so many field goals. We got to be able to score more points in the red zone. That that stands out to me. And I think it's going to be important to really establish the run game like we've been able to the last game and a half or, you know, last six quarters or so. Uh, because I, I don't think this is a team, especially on the road, that you want to be in third and long and trying to get into a situation where you got to beat them through the air just because I I, I believe we can do it. I have full faith in Jalen Miller throwing the football. However, that's not necessarily been the identity of this team so far. So I think it's going to be imperative to establish that run game against a physical and stout defensive front. So definitely a lot of dive in. I, and I kind of want to get your thoughts, something that we talked about yesterday, uh, just not, not on the air, but off the air, just kind of about, and you mentioned it briefly early on about this, you know, the skeptics with Jalen Milrow. And I heard some of it, but I just stumbled upon, stumbled upon some stuff on Twitter and, and all over the place where people are still calling for a quarterback change. So I think yeah, we can discuss I mean, that a little bit some, too. Some crazy. <laughs> well, we'll 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 talk to Stephen M. Smith, who's joining us next. Get his thoughts on that. As a senior reporter for Alabama football via at TD Alabama Magazine, he's a UA alum. He's a Fred Belichick voter, host of his. In my own words, he's on the other side. We'll get his thoughts on that. Plus yours as well. 205-342-9904. Our show sponsored by good friends at the Good Feet Store. America's art support experts. Quick timeout. We'll come back. Stephen F. Smith. He joins the game. Hi, I'm Marty Lines. When I come to Taco Casa, I- at 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A very warm afternoon. The sky mostly sunny. The high at 89. Clear tonight. The low 61. And the weather stays warm and dry tomorrow and Thursday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Rucker. Matter of fact, I will be seeing him on uh, Saturday, I believe, at a little event down in Charleston, South Carolina. Even though he's a big star in country music, but there's no bigger star than this next guy that we got coming on the program. Stephen M. Smith, senior reporter for Alabama Football Via 
at TD Alabama Magazine. He hosts his own show in his own words, the Bama Standard, as well as a contributor. He is the mo the hostess with the mostest, as they say, the man that breaks it down like Charlie Brown. Stephen M. Smith, welcome into the program, my brother. I hope you're doing well. Doing great, guy. Corey, you are way too kind right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, when I come on the stand and you do my intro, it's so good. I'm like, I got to start. I got to do my, my due, due diligence right here because my brother hooks me up, so I got to hook you up, man. You do a great job, for sure. I appreciate it, guys. I, I really do. And to start this off, me, Corey and Christian, sometimes, and Corey, you know this, sometimes it takes your wife you're a significant other to pull something out of you that not many people can. So how about Terry Saban doing that for coach over the weekend? Man, I'm telling you right now. You, yes, if, sir. If, I felt like I was at church, at a Pentecostal church, you know, when they, they start hitting that organ. Man, I started dancing and shouting when I saw Coach Saban having a tirade on the sideline. And I said yesterday, man, we love Miss Terry. And uh, I hope she continues to tell Nick to keep it coming because I think this is what this football team needs, Stephen. Oh, 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 absolutely. And you kind of, you kind of saw it coming. You, you just didn't know when. And uh, and after seeing it, because we haven't seen Saban like that in a couple of years, so it's like if Miss Terry knows angry Saban is good sometimes, then Saban, it's okay to break a couple of headsets. It's okay to chew out some players, some referees, some coaches. If your wife says, baby, get mad, then get mad. It's all right. Get mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we solved that something worked, right? I, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, that that passion and, and the yelling from him actually, uh, excuse me, absolutely contributed to, to the way they played this past weekend, but Speaking of the way they played, what were your thoughts uh, just in general on the game? You know, what, what were the positives and maybe a couple negatives that you saw in this last game? Well, the positives, Christian and Corey, uh, first and foremost, the team as a whole took another step forward. It built, off, it built off of what it did second half against USF, what it did second half against Ole Miss, and, and it took that in the Mississippi State. Jalen Milrow continues to make progression. We saw against South Florida, even though he didn't play, he was benched for Tyler Buckner. We saw the leadership portion, right? Pumping guys up, motivating guys from the sidelines, keeping guys engaged. Then against Ole Miss, we saw him stand in that pocket, take hits, but deliver the football, give his guys a chance to make plays. I mean, against Mississippi State, we saw him protect the football, no turnovers, but also the short to intermediate passing game, working that. So we see Grove here from Milrow three straight weeks here um, on the defense. We're seeing pressure from the defensive line, allowing Dallas Turner to, to continue to be hot. Chris Braswell continues to be hot. His first career pick six of the secondary continuing to make plays. That's because of this defensive front, second straight week, getting pressure there on the pocket and then special teams. I know – we're not used to giving flowers to the punter. What a job James Burnup has done this season, flipping the field, the punting aspect. Uh, Will Reichert is an absolute sniper rifle with his foot. He's 12 for 12 on field goals this year. So we're seeing this team take another step there in its progression. I think the negatives here, 
want to see the snaps get better from the center position of the offensive line. And whether that's Seth McLaughlin got to put in more concentration work in, or whether that's you look at Darian Dalcourt being back at center, do you look at maybe a Terrence Ferguson taking on that role, but that center to quarterback exchange where the snaps are concerned, that's got to get better. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that, that's a problem. But what's very interesting is uh, how Jalen Miro, with those errant snaps, seemed like every one of them has turned into an explosive and a touchdown every time it, it does that. So maybe that's something that they incorporate into the um, play calling. Stephen, I want to, you know, we, we know Jalen Miro's made great strides, and we know that they have to win with him in a different kind of way maybe than what Alabama fans are accustomed to. You're not going to see – you know, cheat codes on PlayStation type offense with this Alabama team. But my concern going forward is Tommy Reese. I, I, I just, I don't have a great feeling that he has the ability to draw plays up in the sand, so to speak, be more innovative because you can call plays. I just noticed from all the years I've been a part of football, offensive coordinators can call plays that's going to have somebody open, that's going to give quarterbacks easy throws when I watch this Alabama offense I never see that I never see just a snap boom balls out quick throw you know if you watch Ole Miss and LSU this weekend look how many quick throws to those dynamic receivers that they had easy throws and they made the defense defend do you see something changing in the future with Tommy Reese and his play calling because Every week, I'm, I'm frustrated because I see a boring, very generic, lethargic, play-calling offense that drives me nuts. I think, I think you need to, Corey and Christian, and it has to start by Tommy needs to be on the field, too. He needs to be on the field. He needs to be on the field to get that chewing out from Coach Saban, but he needs to be on the field to really see, okay, this is what Milrow sees. This is what my receivers see. This is what the offense sees. He needs to be on the field to recognize that and when he, and, and to call Jalen Milrow over, okay, if this is not working, let's switch to this. It's different when you're up in a box, so to speak, than when you're right there on the field feeling this with your team, with your guys, with the players that you coach. So part of that starts with Tom needs to be on that field. Another part that that starts off with is he needs to implement more of those tight ends, more of those jet sweeps, more of those the motion type things that we saw with the main chip and that we saw with the Steve Sarkeesian. Those guys just had a knack for what can I do to completely frustrate a defensive coordinator and a defense itself to make them guard every yard, every width, every inch of that field with Tommy Reese it's like he's not putting these defensive minds in the state where I'm gonna make you defend every inch of this field and part of that starts with he needs to be on the field on the sidelines to see this the other part is he's got to use all the playmakers he's got and he's not using them we're not seeing him use Amari Nyblack the way he needs to be we're not seeing him use a CJ Dupree the way he needs to be used or any other of these guys being pushed to their full potential, we're not seeing Tommy Reese use the full arsenal. I think I, I think you're spot on with all that, Stephen. I agree. Yep. 
uh, wholeheartedly. I, I want to ask you about something that I, I've been seeing recently on social media and, and been hearing about. You know, I walked away like you, and I was impressed with Jalen Milrow and his performance this past weekend, seeing uh, the positives that he's improved, whether it's uh, his ability to just, you know, scan down the field and, and make things sit in the pocket, make those throws, and then trust his athletic ability uh, when those lanes open up. So I was very pleased and confident moving forward. But I'm hearing, to my surprise, there's still people that are calling for a quarterback change. And they actually think that they need to put Ty Simpson in if we want to have any hopes of accomplishing our goals this year. What do you have to say about that? What I have to say about that is, and love Ty Simpson, great young man, great guy, a phenomenal family. His dad, Jace, is a coach at UT Martin. But I will also say this, Ty Simpson played high school ball at a small one of the high school at Westview in Martin, Tennessee. That small competition, you're not going up a Ty Simpson is pretty much backyard football in high school. And, and it did not affect him negatively. And when you're jumping from 1A ball in high school to the University of Alabama, the SEC, that's like going from high school to the NFL. That's a major jump going from where you have little to no competition to having the biggest competition you're going to face here at this point prior to the NFL where things move ridiculously fast. And for, for Ty Simpson, he's not ready for that just yet. You go back to the South Florida game, yes, he did lead two touchdown drives, but he also got decked to the ground about six or seven times because that pressure and that speed came up on him extremely fast. And that was South Florida. So you can only imagine you put him out there against a Texas A&M, an LSU, an Auburn with defensive people that are going to try to eat him alive, and he's not quite ready for that type of speed yet due to he came from small, very small high school competition. As opposed to Jalen Milrow, we all know everything's bigger in Texas. Texas is Friday night nights, baby. It's bigger, it's brighter, it's everything. It's, it's everything. People give their life for football in Texas. So Jalen Hurts, Jalen Milrow, excuse me, came more so prepared for this. Coming from that store, that level of competition, versus Ty Simpson, of whom very good, very talented, but the high school competition that was presented to him completely different than what Milrow faced. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I played in 2A uh, football in South Carolina. Everything is not bigger in South Carolina, but we love our football, but, you know, there's a transition uh, there when you talk about the speed of the game and, and things like that. Stephen M. Smith is our guest here on the Miller's Edge on the Tide. 100.9. Let's kind of transition the next two minutes and talk about Jimbo Fisher. He spoke to the media, had high praise for Alabama, had high praise for the defense, Dallas Turner. Uh, he talked about the rush. He talked about, he talked about everybody. He went down position by position, even Caleb Downs and his ability to play that safety position. By the way, freshman uh, co-defensive player of the week uh, for Caleb Downs. Um, when you see this matchup, we know the last couple of years have been very intriguing. You know, it was the coach Saban talking about buying the players, recruiting class was A&M, uh, A&M upsetting uh, Alabama the last time they were at uh, Cal Field. They came here, close game with Jalen Miro being the starter. Now they go back on the road 
and you know that thing's going to be electric. Thank God it is a 2.30 game. I think that, that gives them a little bit more cushion than getting those folks riled up, fired up at night. But um, what do you see happening in this ball game with, with all the concerns from the fan base right now with Alabama and Jalen Miro? Can the tie pull this out, in your opinion? I believe I believe that they can and that they will, guys. It comes down to one position group that Alabama offensive line. They got to be they, they got to be on it this week. They got to be on it in terms of the blocking. They've got to be on it in terms of not having those pre-snap fall start penalties that drive you crazy because it's going to be a madhouse at Kyle Field. So uh, this offensive line, primarily the freshman Caden Proctor, this is a huge game for him at left tackle. Where that left tackle? We did see some growth from him against Mississippi State, taking on some different stunts and movement. He held his own there, blocked well there. I know we also saw Elijah Pritchard at times as well in the matchup against the Bulldogs. But that left tackle position and the offensive line as a whole, you're going up against a defensive front that's in the top five in sacks. If Alabama's O-line holds up and handles A&M, uh, this is going to be a game that Alabama takes a hand due to you know, the, uh, the Aggies do not have Connor Wegman, their starting quarterback, out for the year. Max Johnson does have experience uh, in the SEC, but I think the Alabama defense has got something in store for him. Uh, this offensive line, uh, the game comes down to that group. Chris, anything else before we go? Uh, well, first, you know, thanks, Stephen, for hopping on. I think we probably uh, held Stephen longer than we <laughs> we needed to. So make sure you play. No, I mean, but he's, he's so you... good, though, man. His energy and his, his, his inflection and, you know, everything that the M brings to the table, bro. He, you know, it's just that. No, that, I just that, I feel bad keeping him, I I keep, I feel bad bad keeping him for so long. We always hold him the, <laughs> the whole time. But, no, it, it, he, he it, always it, is it, great. It's crazy. It, it, it's, cra- it's crazy, guys. So, so, so many people that have walked around, they ask me what the M stands for. So, backstory on that. Uh, my middle name, I was named after one of my cousins, who his middle name is Marquis. So, that's where that came from. But I'm also from the city of Marion, Alabama, which is our south of Tuscaloosa. So, people, always, people also refer to me as what the M must be for Marion. So, the M can stand for a lot of things. The M can stand for motivation for all I can. <laughs> well, as much as you're on the show, we'll just say it stands for Miller's. The Miller's. Hey, right, let's do that thing. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen work. M. Smith, Touchdown Magazine, uh, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, called in his own words. Uh, so you can tell them if you, you better than I can how they can find you, Stephen. They can. They can find me at uh, touchdownalabama.com. That's the site there, touchdownalabama.com. We are breaking down your crimson tide, getting everybody set for of a 2.30 kickoff on CBS, Bama, and the Aggies this weekend. They can find me on Twitter at Coaching M. Smith there, Coaching M. Smith on Twitter. You can catch all the tweets, all the, all, all the save and press conference stuff, and, and all that you need to know about the crimson tide, you can find that right there as well. And Y'all can also catch me here on uh, every weekly doing this, doing this with my favorite two people right here, the favorite two Millers. I love it. Now yes, you sir. are you are adopted into you know the the, the the Miller right here, the Stephen Miller Smith, the Deacon, the Deacon <laughs> of Destruction, baby. Welcome to the family, Stephen. We appreciate you, man. Love you, brother, and hope you have a great rest of your week. 
You guys take care. I appreciate it. All right, there you go. Yes, sir. Stephen M. Smith, we call him Miller for short. The Deacon of Destruction, breaking it down. Check his stuff out. Does great work. A lot of passion. Covenant comes to time. We'll get to phone calls. We'll see you 205-342-9904. What say you? Are you scared? Are you scared of an Aggie? Are you scared of Jim Bo Fisher, a man that they're talking about firing? Give me a break. We'll talk about that on the flip side. I'll be back in a moment. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Well, I ain't gonna work today. Just wanna sit around and play. Gonna hit balls off the dock. Kick back in my flip-flops. Don't own nothing to the lender. Nothing spinning in the blender. The only thing on my agenda is beers and sunshine. Bonfires and sunshine. And welcome back to Fine Sounds of Darius Rook and more beer and sunshine. I can tell you, man, this weather here in Tuscaloosa has just been absolutely amazing. I know that we have flipped the script already in the fall. We got, what, 33 more days left in the daylight saving time. But, man, throw them flip-flops on. The only BS you need. It's beer and sunshine. What a great song. 205-342-9904. Real quickly, uh, I heard a podcast. I hate a podcast that somebody wants. Uh, you know, it's a YouTube podcast, and you don't show your face. What's up with that? But anyway, <laughs> the guy was, <laughs> I'm going to have a YouTube podcast, but I don't want you to see who I am. And then you want to come with strong these strong comments, right? And I'm not even going to give no credit who this is, but just know that it's, it's out there. But anyway, this person was really just beating down Jalen Miro. Listen, and Ryan was talking about this on the show yesterday. One thing that he thought he saw was, you know, Jalen holding the ball. And I can tell you this what happens. When you have a quarterback like Jalen Miro and you hear your coach harping and harping and harping on turnovers, you hear fan base harping and harping and harping on turnovers and how he can't read defense and how he he's impatient with going through progression. Well, these guys hear this. This happened to Jalen Hurts. And they, to a fault, will hold the ball sometimes just waiting for somebody to be scot-free open before they threw the ball. And, and, and they do that because they get so afraid of, of making a mistake. And I mean, you heard me say this before. You don't want any player sitting there scared to make a mistake. You always hear coaches would say, I, if you make a mistake, make it full speed. Now, quarterback is different, right? Because it is a thinking man's game at that position as well. But in his case, you heard me talk about the process and the information faster and quicker. That's what's got to happen, right? You go through those reads, boom, 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 there's nothing there, tuck it and run it. Because there's situations, and even in that, that Mississippi State game, where he could have run 
for 20, 30 yards right up the gut. But because he tries to be something that he's not comfortable of being right now, it takes away from the amazing skill set that he has. Those couple of sacks in the first quarter was on him because he was just waiting. There was nothing open. So take off and run. Take off and do you. It has to be, though, on the clock. Boom, 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 boom. I see here. Boom, boom. I'm getting pressure. I slide my feet. Okay, I try to create a new pass. And when there's nothing there, I'm out. Peace. Right? Or Let me run past your defense. Or throw it away. So, but to, to, he's not scared because he's scared. Sometimes I use the word cautious. Coaches can make players become cautious. And when you make players become cautious, that takes away from the playmaker that he is. So, finally, Christian, this dude, you can win at a high clip with this guy, but you got to have a coordinator that knows how to utilize this guy who has a ton of weapons. That's why I'm staying on Tommy Reese. It is largely his fault. So don't tell me, you know, he's scanning, but he can't read. He can read. He's shown you that. Right, and he came down to Charlie Checkdown or the first guy that's open. But a lot of times in that game, there wasn't anybody open. I went back and watched it. There was nowhere to go. It's not that he was scared to throw it. They would have been foolish to throw it. That's why I'm saying then just run it. We'll take five yards, 10 yards, 20 yards. They don't care how you get there, right? If, you, if you're expecting a package, do you care if it comes FedEx ground or FedEx air? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really care? As long as you get your package. As long as it get right. there at the time that you want it. You don't care. Just give me the package. And that's the mindset that Jalen Miro's got to have. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Play your game. Yep, you got to do what's called, what they ask you to do. But at, at the same time, don't allow the game to, uh, or what coaches are saying, take away from what you do best. And that's use your legs. Exactly. But here's here's my thing, right? Outside of those, you know, throws that he kind of missed against Texas, like the wheel route and the, uh, that one, I think, to Roy Dell was kind of behind him, didn't really hit him in stride where he probably could have ran. Look, yes, he, he had, you know, some misses in that game, some throws he probably wants back. But outside of those, you know, since taking back over, right, I mean, he has been throwing the ball really accurate. I mean, Coach Saban, the head coach, said – in his own words, he's a very accurate thrower. I've seen that he he can throw the ball accurately. Again, it's just about consistency. So he could, let me be clear, can he make all the throws, short, intermediate, and deep passes? Yes. Is he more consistent probably on the deep passes than the intermediate ones? Yeah. But he can make them. It's just about consistency, and that will come. We're seeing that. We saw it last week, this past weekend. I thought he threw the ball great, right? I mean, even that, that – uh, Long shot to Nye Black. I mean, it was even an even better catch from Nye Black. But, I mean, the guy can do it. It's like you said, he just has to get more and more comfortable, and that comes. But this is what confuses me, right? When people are still calling for other quarterbacks to be put in, and I know what you're talking about because I heard it, and I'm just scratching my head confused because there's all types of things being said. So let me address a couple of them. First, people saying, like, oh, we need to just go with the guy that's a better passer and just develop him. Well, let me pull this out there, right? I played at Alabama five years. We're not in the business of, of developing guys, right? The standard here is to win every damn year in every game, right? 
is national championship or bust. So if you're not ready right now, we're unfortunately not in the business to develop guys. We're going with the guy who's the best option for the job right now. And who is that? Jalen Milrow. If you didn't see that from the USF game or anything else, I don't know what to tell you. And it's no shot at any other quarterback. It's just a fact. Ty, and I mean, well, I guess not Buckner. He transferred in later. But let's just start with Ty because he's number two quarterback right now. And he's, he's going to be a great quarterback. He can throw the ball extremely well. But like Steven said, like everybody, he's just not necessarily ready just yet. And that's okay. But again, for the people that keep saying, oh, they need to put him in, they did against USF. Yes, I get that, you know, it was a limited sample size. But you got to go back even further. He had every opportunity to win the job in the spring, and he didn't separate himself. He had every opportunity to win the job in fall camp. He still didn't separate himself. So don't give me the excuse, well, oh, he only got a half against USF, and he was put behind a line that didn't want to try. First of all, let me tell you from an athlete perspective or a competitive standpoint. If you think these guys that are being graded by scouts week in and week out will go out there and just not try and just put bad tape out there and get beat by a USF team just because they want to prove a point, you've never played a sport at a competitive level, especially not in college, because that's not how it works. Could they have been frustrated for I'm, I'm sure maybe some guys would be upset, but if you think they're going to go out there and just not block for a guy because, oh, we don't want – are you serious? I mean, you do realize the week prior they hardly blocked for Jalen Milrow. So it didn't look – that what, what we saw against USF on the offensive line uh, was not any different from what we saw what they did for Jalen Milrow. So it's not like, oh, all of a sudden they're not blocking. They struggled to block for Milrow. So that just sounds crazy to me in that respect. Then I hear people comparing it to – well, remember with Jalen Hurts, you know, he got all the credit, but it was the defense, everybody else doing, you know, the job, not him. And we should have played two or earlier. First of all, that's all hypotheticals. And I, and number two, I wouldn't go as far as saying, oh, if you played two or earlier, you know, we would have won easier, right? Because two still was young. He's a true freshman. That happens to, you know, true freshman, if you put those guys in there, yeah, they might be, you know, an elite talent, which two is an elite talent. I, I, I wouldn't even put necessarily Ty Simpson on that level and, and just being honest. But he could have made rookie mistakes, right? I mean, we saw Tua in that that half, which is great, and I, I love it. You know, we won a national championship. That was a great call. But just to say, like, oh, we should have been playing him earlier, it's easy to say that hindsight's twenty twenty. but you never know. You could have played him earlier, and he could have threw, you know, picks because that happens to everybody. I've seen him practice. Like, Tua's probably one of the most accurate passers, but he also struggled with some mistakes, especially early in his career, and rightfully so. He still was learning. Um, so uh, with all that being said, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we're in the business of winning games right now. We're not in the business of trying to develop guys for the future. We are, but that's behind the scenes. We're going to put the guy out there that, that's playing the best football. And we saw that from the spring training camp all the way up to them evaluating guys in the USF game. Everybody had a fair share. Coach Saban came out and said it. And if you know football, you can clearly see this guy is a guy for the job. And I'm not biased. I don't care about anything outside of what you can do on the football field. I don't care what you look like. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is how you play the game and if you're executing and who's the best yep. man for the job. And again, I, I just I think it's clear as day that he's the best one for the job right now. And if you don't see that, I don't think you understand football because, yeah, you can say, oh, well, he just likes to take off and run. He doesn't have a choice. He has no time to that he's sitting in the pocket and they're, they're teeing off on him because they weren't protecting for him. He has to take off. And then he starts throwing the football extremely well. And it's people it's like they, you turn a blind eye to it. Like the guy is, is, is doing a good job. And, but 
people want to have their opinions. I just wanted to, to, to discuss that real quick because, again, I, I I didn't even realize there was that much talk about it. But I guess yeah, people talking. feel that strongly. But it is, like I said, if, if you can't see from just watching the tape that he's the best man for the job, then I, I don't think you understand the game of football, right? I mean, I played since I was four years old. I mean, I played on every single level. I'm not disrespecting anybody else's opinion, but it's kind of frustrating when people just don't want to just believe they're saying. And, I, and this is not me being biased or anything. It's just from a football perspective, as clear as day. But real quick, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Buffalo's Cafe. If you're looking for a great restaurant experience, head on over to Buffalo's Cafe where you'll find the best deals in town. It's all you can eat wings every Wednesday night, which is tomorrow night, $17.99. Don't want to miss that. That's Bash Night, so go check them out there again in Midtown Village. And you can see us there live every Friday of home game weekends where we get game day weekends kicked off the right way. Again, that's Buffalo's Cafe, so check them out. And while you're in Midtown Village, head on over to Alumni Hall. Remember, they're giving away two tickets to the Alabama-Arkansas game for October 15th and a $250 gift card. So head on over to Alumni Hall in Midtown Village or go to alumnihall.com and pick Alabama to enter the sweepstakes to shop the latest and greatest football season items. Again, that's Alumni Hall in Midtown Village or alumnihall.com where Crimson Tide fans shop. All right, the good stuff is going to wrap things up for us. Make sure to listen to the sounds of my good friend Darius Rucker and also keep Barrett Salee off the radio. Speaking of not knowing football, I know he's on CBS Sports and all that. Please get rid of that, dude. That's all I got to say. Y'all have a great day. Be blessed, everybody. See you tomorrow. <laughs> You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily. Always 